This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Fay Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. First offense. All the mix. Okay, party people in the house. You're about to witness something you've never witnessed before. Well, it is Monday, and in our usual time slot, even though we're taking full advantage of Rob Simpson from Vancouver Hockey now, he is kind enough to stop by from Rogers Arena, where there is not a lot of stuff going on. Or what, what, what do we got going on down at the hockey arena today, Robert? Well, we just had a uh, pretty festive little Vancouver Canucks practice, actually, with 17 skaters and two goalies. Uh, Luke Shen was back from his uh, protocol. He was the first. Um, still no Lamico, no Brad Hunt, no Tyler Mott, some missing one other, but um, guys starting to trickle back. Steve Eiserman came out the other day and basically said, listen, we're going to follow the NHL protocols. We're going to do it to a T, but man, this is frustrating because my players have no symptoms. A yep. voice like Steve Eiserman carries a lot of weight. What do you think comes of those statements? Well, it's definitely got the, uh, it's definitely got the discussion started. Um, you know, it's a little bit different approach and attitude as you and I talked about a few days ago between the United States and certain markets and in Canada and certain markets. It's taken much more seriously here. I've talked to people down there that are like masks, mask, mask, forget it. You know, they don't even worry about it. There's just so many dynamics here when it comes to vaccinated, unvaccinated masks, non-masks, what the rules are state-wise, provincial-wise. But he got the conversation started because the, he's kind of looking at the NFL model um, part of me agrees with him. Um, if the players are isolated from the fans and they are on their own and they're able to play and they're able to practice, and they're not sick. Um, and they're not making other people sick and everybody's vaccinated except for maybe one or two guys, you know, what's the harm that that's, that's kind of his theory. So let's just keep this thing going. Um, and let's play hockey. If my guys don't have symptoms, and, you know, there's been reactions across the board to that pros and cons, as you might expect. Well, he said right before he said it, he goes, I know I'm politicizing this. So I yeah. think he understands that it goes beyond the walls of a hockey arena, but yep. uh, definitely challenging times. Canada coming out saying that they are not going to attend a tournament that they usually dominate, that being the Spangler Cup. Yep. Is that perhaps a precursor of what could be the bigger picture with the Olympic Games? Absolutely. And that was the first uh, thing that I got asked right when that came out, because I think I actually tweeted the release from Hockey Canada and CEO Tom Rennie. And the first thing people were like, they said, hey, you had me fooled for a second. I thought you were making it. You were texting or tweeting something about the Olympics because the Spengler Club Cup was like the last part of the, uh, the announcement in terms of the sentence, the way it was structured. And they're like, whoa, had me hanging. Um, but it won't be Tom Rennie who makes that decision. Um, It'll be, well, well, maybe it will be later down the road because if first the NHL decides it's not going and then maybe if it's still a mess and it's untenable for even, you know, the amateur athletes to go, who knows? Maybe we do hear a similar announcement for the Olympics from Tom Rennie way down the road. Who's to say? I mean, it's so unpredictable at this point, but it won't be Tom Rennie making the initial call on whether or not the NHLers are going. It'll be somebody else. 
You know, I, I always find this with all athletes, but hockey also in particular as well. They're big into structure. They like knowing where they are at noon, at two o'clock. They know when they're taking their nap. They know when they get to the arena. COVID has kind of thrown the proverbial wrench in all this. Have you heard from any players or any coaches just the frustration of having dates change and times change? Because again, they're creatures of habit. And right now there's no habit to be had. I think they're just happy to get back on the ice. We haven't really had access to any of these guys outside of Zoom. And we've never really had the opportunity to have our beloved little chit chats in the dressing room anyway. Everything's been podium uh, this season. So a lot of that uh, banter that I'm used to having is not available. So um, I I think based on what Bruce Boudreaux just told us, he addressed the media for about 10 minutes um, just after practice. He said the guys are anxious to get out here. There's, There's been no positive tests for two days. Uh, Bo Horvat, the captain, told him, he said, yeah, we're ready to go. Let's get out there and skate. We're dying to get back out on the ice. So, yeah, the structure's been thrown out a little bit, but um, they were stoked to go today. It was very festive, very competitive, a little bit of a slow start. He had to kind of light a fire under under him about halfway through it, but they got going and they're going to be back out here tomorrow, which would be Tuesday. What does a Bruce Boudreaux fire look like? Well, there's the proverbial F-bombs, Robert. And, um, yeah, he just comes right out and he's honest and says, Hey, let's get this going. You know, expletive, expletive. Let's do a little bit of this. I I do remember actually overhearing, I was standing up for a while over the glass and he said, you know what? We have this opportunity. Other teams aren't allowed to skate right now. They're not skating right now. We have this opportunity to be out here and practice and improve our game and learn some new things and get caught up and all that. So let's take advantage of it. Let's stop wasting our time here. Let's go, let's go, let's go. So that was kind of the way he fired him up. He said, let's and use this time. And isn't this kind of a blessing in disguise for Bruce Boudreaux in particular, because he dropped in on a parachute right after Travis Green's firing. This could be construed as a mini opportunity to have a miniature training camp. Yeah, exactly. And he, he actually brought that up. And, I, and that's a great point, Rob, because I was thinking the same thing. I go, this is actually a golden opportunity. He pointed out that it's been game, game, game every other day, not a real chance to get together and practice. He's been trying to instill some things in morning skates, right? But that's not the same thing. That's like half the time, if not less. And you're and you're kind of, you know, you don't want to kill guys because you got a game that night. So yeah, it's a, it is kind of a blessing in disguise. The confidence is not going to wane either. So it's like, it's not like that's going anywhere during the break. You know, you might get frustrated and sick of waiting around, but it's still a confident hockey club. And I was going to bring that up to Bruce uh, during the availability. I wasn't allowed to ask my question for whatever reason, but I noticed in that game uh, at San Jose that the team was extremely opportunistic, um, it, which is a sign of a confident hockey team. You're on the road, you're being outchanced. They only had five shots in the second period but they took advantage of the opportunities, the few that they created, and they won the hockey game. And that's just another indication of a confident hockey club. I know that Tyler Myers went into COVID protocol, as did a few other Vancouver Canucks, most of them who weren't here last year. But when we talk about the proverbial blessings in disguise, I look at his ice time from the previous five games. There were a couple of guys that were really starting to burn that second candle. Is this a blessing in disguise for the Myers, the Hughes of the world? That's actually a good point as well. I mean, you know, rest is always a good thing. The younger guys uh, have a little less of a hard time with it necessarily than some guy that might be 30. So if you're comparing Hughes to Myers, that's another example there, uh, the age difference. But let's see, Hughes in his last five, I just punched it up, 26, 40, 27 and a half, 23, 26 and a half, and then 28 and a half. So yeah, he's, 
he's been pounding some minutes, but I don't think Quinn Hughes minds one bit, to be quite honest. Um, but rest is a good thing. And it's a good thing for to get a right shot defenseman, an experienced guy like Luke Shen back. So there, that's definitely, obviously, a blessing in disguise. That the fact that he skated today he seemed to be huffing and puffing a little bit, which is understandable, but a key guy, key veteran to get back in the lineup, especially if he's going to be paired up with Quinn Hughes. Rob Simpson of VancouverHockeyNow.com joining us for a couple more minutes. Robert, Jim Rutherford's got an opportunity to balance his books upstairs and bring in some additional personnel. Are you hearing anything on that front? I think he's just working on it continuously. And, I, you know, he spoke honestly and openly to the media a couple days ago. And, you know, he's kind of taking care of his scouting guy uh, with Derek Clancy. So now I think he'd like to take care of his basically kind of the more analytic side of things in terms of his assistant GM and then kind of more of the general catch-all assistant GM guy. Um, and we hear names thrown around, um, guys that have worked for him, guys that haven't, uh, guys like uh, Patrick Alvin, who's, uh, you know, had worked with him in Pittsburgh, a European guy that I've been asked about by some of the European scouts and such. So, yeah, I think um, he's not wasting any time. I mean, he's he has no reason. He's not shut down. I mean, the rink might be shut down for a lot of teams and people, but GMs could still conduct their business and make their phone calls and get after it. Of course, he, if he has interest in anybody that's under contract right now for the GM position, or maybe one of those AGM positions, I mean, he can't speed that up. He has to wait for those contract to, contracts to expire, but no reason for Jim to slow down. One of the names being bandied about right now is Jen Botterill. Is that name rumbling about to the point where you think she's an honest candidate? And do you think she gets the gig? And if so, what would she bring to the table? Good question. I've actually done a couple hockey games on television with her with uh, for Sportsnet. I did some women's games, college, university, I should say, university championship games with uh, Cassie Campbell-Pascal. And Jen was the uh, the ice level person. And of course, now is on Hockey Night in Canada. Um, so she's well-rounded, astute, has an incredible background as a player. Um, don't know about the executive side of things. I know she stays on top of the game completely and entirely and does a lot of hard work and research um, as a broadcaster. Um, I know she'll get a good uh, job referral from Jason, <laughs> who happens to be her brother and who happens to have worked for Jim Rutherford. So that's a good little connection to have. I haven't, uh, to be quite honest, Rob, heard of any serious, you know, movement in that direction from this regime here. But, um, you know, that's as viable as any other. Final question for you. And I really appreciate this, Rob. Canucks were winning six in a row. Canucks were winners of six in a row. Then this happens. Is that first game back tough? Because obviously you were riding hot. Then all of a sudden everything changed a little bit. If they win that first game. Is it truly Bruce? There it is for the rest of the season. I mean, is that first game crucial to them kind of picking up where they left off? Uh, is it crucial? I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, it gets them back they, to 500. Yeah. Puts them back in the winner circle again so that everybody yep. can renew it. Because if they lose their next two coming out of this break, it's, everybody's going to be looking around, blaming everything that they can find. I mean, yep. that's what happens when your team's riding hot. You want to keep things going as quickly as possible. I'm curious to know about that first game back. It'll, it could be the Seattle Kraken, which would be a home game against the Seattle Kraken on the 27th. Now, if you were thinking about just odds-wise propelling your winning streak to seven games, would you rather play the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Seattle Kraken? Mm. So there's another 
But you've had a lot of blessing in disguises today, Rob. And there, there might be another one in terms of keeping that streak alive because that would definitely be the easier test. Um, but, you know, some teams will be in the same boat in terms of the break and, and in terms of coming out with maybe a few cobwebs. But again, here's this team having an opportunity to practice while others are not. Uh, I think it's a very confident hockey club, as I've always pointed out. It sounds like you might have read, read one of my recent articles because I was just t- pumping up the fact that um, had things stayed the same as they were on terms of the schedule, they could have hopped over both the San Jose Sharks and yep. the LA Kings in the Pacific Division standings and get to 500, as you just pointed out. A lot of positives if they get there. But no, I, th- I, mean, I mean, other than just kind of depending on what happens between the final practice at the holiday and the next game, all the teams have that holiday break. So all the teams are in the same boat, whether they have COVID or not right now coming out of the uh, Christmas break. So no, I think, um, I think it'll be even Steven approaching the game and I wouldn't be too concerned if they weren't going to win it, but I'd be very confident that they would win it to be quite frankly. Love it. I really appreciate this. I I wanted to bring up one thing. Do you ever get into the ratings when it comes to TV and radio? Can I just throw one thing at you? Mm -hmm. The ratings for Sportsnet 650 came out a couple of days ago, and they had a 1.2 share, which was good for, I think, 13th or 14th in the market. Canucks are riding hot. Everything's going well, and you can't get over the hump. If you are a radio executive, are you nervous? Well, what was the rating before that? Do you remember? It's never been much more than a one, but it hasn't gotten better than a one. I mean, there's certain day parts when you break it down can get a little higher. The twos, maybe a a high two, but a 1.2 on the two plus fall book is really surprising, which makes me wonder. And you've been on Sirius. You know all the different mediums. You've been on TV, on radio. Is that a concern that when you're riding hot and your team's been in the news more than it's probably ever been for the last two, three years, that you can't get a bump in your ratings on the radio side. Is that troublesome? I would say yes. And I'm not going to critique it. I don't listen to them enough, to be quite honest. I, it's very spotty for me. Uh, I might just catch them by, almost not by accident. Well, yeah, I guess almost by accident or just by where I happen to be. If I'm in a car, you know, the market is what it is and the people on there are, are what they are. And I don't really have any opinion on it. And it'd be unfair to really to critique them. Could I help them? <laughs> yes, you could. Le- I probably could, but I'll leave that alone too. <laughs> uh, like a true politician, Rob. I'm sorry to throw that curveball to you at the end, but I, well, I don't mind doing it. this. No, well, no, hey. just because you've worked in so many different mediums, I just thought it was a really neat question. Just as far as radio, this would be the one time where you'd feel that they'd be getting the big juicy numbers. And if anything, yeah. it's been anything but. I well, I agree with you there. That 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 was why my original answer was yes. I'd be concerned, but in terms of critiquing it, I can't because I don't really. I don't really tune in enough to give a fair answer. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I will let you get on. I know you got stuff with the guru today. Are we talking gold? Are we talking silver? Are we? I think he just uh, recommended esports, which I think would be a yeah. great thing to invest in. We are going to be talking about space age polymers. Actually, no, we're <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> we are talking about space age technology and technologies. And we're talking about a couple of individual uh, companies as well for the upcoming Guru Roundtables. I love it. Well, if you've been following the Guru, you probably had some good time Christmas shopping because you had a couple extra bucks in your pocket this year. Darn right. Robert, thank you for doing this today. I appreciate it on a Monday. Hey, no, Mondays are good. Thank you very much, Roberto. Always a pleasure.
You're listening to Sports Bar Radio with Rob Fay, brought to you by Equity Guru. Equity Guru, investment information for millennials and madmen.